Welcome to Breaking Bread. I'm Terry Page. Everything's going up. Gas, food, housing. So why not interest rates? From the looks of it, keep your wallet out because the way the Federal Reserve explains it, this is only the beginning. If that isn't enough, the IRS wants to audit you. We will talk about who is more likely to have a sit down with the tax man. Is it you? You work hard for what you do. You want to be paid for what you're worth. What are your thoughts on your employer deciding to pay you less because now you work from home and decided to move during the pandemic? We've talked about this before, and there is a reason we are bringing it up again. Because Netflix is tired of you sharing accounts with people outside the household. But you're telling Netflix you have a valid reason. We break bread today with Breaking Bread contributor Jose Angeles, who's going to give us some perspective on all of this. Jose, welcome to Breaking Bread. Hey, Terry. How you doing? Thank you very much for inviting me. Hey, you know what? Uh, thanks for being here. I tell you what, the, the big news right now is the Fed's raising interest rates. They raise it a quarter of a percent, and that's going to affect anyone who's listening to Breaking Bread right now. How is that going to affect the economy, and how is that going to affect people who are actually listening to the show right now? Well, uh, that is, you are uh, very correct. This is going to be a little bit difficult now because it's very popular, right, at this moment to get a loan, to get a credit card. Uh, um, it's very easy. That is going to be a little bit more difficult but because this interest rate uh, hike is going towards that. So now everybody that wants to refinance the loan uh, in their house, everybody that wants to get a new car or even apply for a credit card, they need to do it very fast now. So essentially, it's just going to cost more to get money. But money's going to cost more, I should say. In that way, yeah, that is correct. Yeah, they're, they're saying it's going to be an aggressive path ahead. They're going to keep raising rates. Now, the indication I got is that they're going to do it a quarter percent each time. Because I was going to ask you, what, is a, what does a quarter percent really do? Does it do anything right now? I mean, if you're looking only at a quarter percent, yes. But if you, when you see it, when you see it in the money that you are paying, you will notice the difference. So yeah, as a consumer, it, it will actually, uh, yeah, increase your bill. Well, I believe that's part of the reason that people are going more toward the uh, well. As inflation rises, the private labels are quietly uh, taking over retail because people aren't caring as much about that brand name. They're just trying to save money. They're, they're looking at quality stuff as well, but they're looking to save money. What do you think about that? And, and not only that, uh, I agree with you, uh, but not only that, is that uh, all these new fintechs that are coming, all these companies are actually uh, getting you from that part. Like, hey, don't pay that money in that company. Pay it with me with a little bit less of interest. But uh, it's still they need to pay interest more. So that's why we need to be very careful on what we apply. Well, you know what? Here's what's happening with that. They're getting smart because they're noticing people like Procter & Gamble. They're getting their own private labels. Target, their private labels are actually up right now because they figured it out early. Because think about it. They don't want to lose money. That is correct. Another way you can lose money, Jose, is through your taxes. Uh, the IRS right now, they're talking about audits. And we can give you some top reasons why they audit you and what you want to do is avoid it because right now we're in tax season and you don't want to see the tax man come around, right? Never. <laughs> Uncle Sam. <laughs> yeah, we're looking at the, the tax deadline at April 18th. So we got about 30 million filers that are coming along right now. Some people have already filed. They've already gotten their refunds. And some right now are in the process of getting everything filed. 
One of the big things they look at is if you're missing or have mismatched paperwork. If you said something and you come along to do something else, they flag it and they're going to want to talk to you. Yeah, especially with the proofs. Uh, you need to prove, that, for example, W-2 that you're getting this money. 1099s are that are very popular and easy to lose them. Um, and then uh, if you're doing your Uber, if you are self-employed, if you... You need to demonstrate how much are you getting or how much are you actually uh, presenting over there for your taxes. Exactly. Or if you make a mathematical mistake, they'll catch that as well. That's correct. You can say you're sorry and all that, but they'll still penalize you for it. But you touched upon something. If you're self-employed, you know, I fall in that category and a lot of other people do fall into that. And that's, that's a little difficult because when you work for yourself, they look at things like, hey, are you legitimate business? Make sure you have all your receipts and your documents, because if you don't, they'll come ask you a whole bunch of questions that you better be able to answer. Yeah, that's correct. You need to have your tax ID in hand. You need to have uh, all the documents, the address. They especially ask for the address that this uh, LLC or this company is actually working for. You need to have all that information handy. Here's what's hilarious. You're more likely to get audit if you're near the top of the tier of making a lot of money or you're near the bottom of the tier and not making a lot of money. IRS representative even told me that they come for the little people first. Think about it, because you can't afford lawyers, so. And it is not a surprise, we know that. Would you remember when we talked in that episode about judge, the judges? Oh, uh, yeah. The rich people will know how to get around, but they have a, they can buy a judge. But for us, it's, it's yeah, easy yeah. to get us. Yeah. For us, it's a little bit different. So just, you know, if you're listening right now and you're, and you're filing taxes, just make sure you have your ducks in a row. Make sure that your taxable deductions, or I should say your charitable deductions, fall in line. Make sure if someone comes to, you know, to mow your lawn, that that's all taken care of. Even if it's a cash transaction, if that other person files files as the tax and you don't, IRS is going to come looking at you. So anything, any type of unclaimed income, they're not going to like it. And remember that uh, the new rule that if it's more, I believe, that $600, that needs to be uh, um, documented. And also, and um, remember the, the part of the addresses that needs to be for LLC, but actually the, the documents need to be handy as well. Oh, yeah. I'm living that life right now. So I, I, yeah. I totally get it. $600 or more, they're looking in your direction. Okay, here's the thing. People, every day in your face, you see the price of gas. That's the only time when you see every day you see prices. You may not see a price of that blouse or that shirt every day. You may have to go in the store to see that. But the price of gas, you're going to see that. And you feel the pain at the pump where you're getting gas at that moment or not. With that being said, some of the uh, governors uh, in our states are saying, hey, look, let's try to get some relief for these people. Some are trying to... Uh, eliminate the the state gas tax for now anyway, such as over in Michigan. There's a 27%. Uh, Governor Wiltmore, Wiltmore is trying to um, get that done. In fact, she actually pretty much has gotten that passed. But what they want to do is go to the feds and have them take care of the federal tax rate so that can also lower the price of gas. What do you think? You think that's going to help consumers at all? Uh, I mean, yeah, in a way it will help uh, some people. Um, I mean, t to be honest, the truck guys that you know, or Uber drivers. Well, right now Uber is ask, is charging the the customers. To, yeah, to too. With. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Mm. I mean, it, it will help a little bit. Uh, but the main thing is, at the end, is very expensive to get gas right now. 
So and it's, it's a hike. Like, uh, you need to go to Costco or BJ's to actually get a little bit less, and that's it. As, actually, um, Costco's membership has gone up. People are willing to pay the $60 because over time, you think about it, if you get gas at, say, once a week, that's four times a month. So mathematically, at the end of the year, that would work out because you're looking at a 30 cent per gallon savings by going to Costco. And people are starting to catch on. It's no secret. Line's going to be longer if you do that, but it is an option. What about driving an electric car? Wouldn't that get you out of the having to pay the tax? You know that the, this is going to be a game now. That if you have an electric car, how much taxes you going to pay in another place? Because uh, the government wants their taxes. Oh, you know the government all too well, don't you, Jose? They're not going to let you get away with that. In fact, I can name some states right now that I can tell you have figured it out. They're going to charge you an annual fee. California at $100, Georgia at $200. So, yeah, they're saying, well, you're not paying that, uh, that tax at all. But and we just talked about Michigan. They're talking about $135 annual fee for non-hybrid electric. So there you go. So I'm guessing they're going to put it in the registration fee when you're doing every year. I'm guessing they're going to put it there. And, yeah, so now you need to be aware to buying a new car. Also, if it's electric, to pay more taxes. You'll pay more taxes on that. But let's do the, the quick math, as you mentioned, with Costco. So um, that $100 in California, if it's going to be less than all the money that you pay in gas, because California is actually one of the most expensive uh, gas uh, in the States. Yeah, they're up there. Um, they're up, uh, Illinois is up there at $100. Uh, Indiana, uh, $150. North Carolina, 130. North Carolina like to be famous. Yeah, well, <laughs> they want to be in people's mouth. <laughs> you want to learn how to charge people tax. Look at what North Carolina does. They they're really good teachers on that. Yeah. So so I guess the moral of the story is you're really not going to get around. They're going to get you one way or the okay, other. Okay. Exactly. So remember, let me tell you how it will be. Here's one for you. Nineteen for me. George Harrison. He's letting you know they're going to get their money. Affection, or being affected, I should say. Time change. When you say that, kind of hits a nerve with people with that daylight saving time. Some people are saying, hey, let's just stop all this nonsense of going back and forth an hour. Let's just keep it the same. Others are cool with it. Legislators want to move forward like Marco Rubio said, hey, look, let's stop it. What do you say, Jose? Well, uh, you know that one. Uh, I'm one of the worst people to ask that question because <laughs> I love daylight saving. I love it. I wait in November to get that hour more. I love it. But I, but I understand um, we cannot live on the past, to be honest. Uh, it used to be for solar light in the mornings, and now everything is electric, and, well, now more people are working from home. I mean... I, a lot I, of changes, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally understand. So um, for me personally, yes, I would like to have that hour less, a uh, few months a, a year. But I understand that actually doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. Well, originally it was done for economic reasons. And they were looking at saving money because you're right. We didn't have street lights. They weren't as prominent in the 1900s. Now you got street light. Now it doesn't make as much difference. You're looking at 70% of the people who don't like it now. So that's why the Senate voted to make daylight saving time permanent. Yep. And, that, and then I, so the, the debate for me, it should be, which of the two hours we'll use because uh, the actual time of Eastern time needs to be the daylight saving in the starting in November, so an hour less. But they're saying to know to keep it an hour ahead, so the one that we have right now. 
So that's that's for me the debate, but I think it's going to be the hour that we have right now. What we have right now? Because uh, in Latin America, they're using this time as well, and then there's more places, um, and is do we have more time in the year with this time too? Here's the argument that they're using in part as to why they want to make the change. The economy. It all comes back to money. Follow the money. So it cuts a half a billion dollars in lost um, productivity. You're looking at a 2% drop in SAT scores the week after the change is made. You got a 6% increase in work injuries as well as a 6% increase in fender benders because you have the sun in your face. So they're kind of looking at, at those um, reasons as to why. History of it, there was this guy, William Willett, just again, the early 1900s, he was commuting to London, and he wanted to gain an extra hour because he wanted more sun in the summer. So he kind of proposed that. Here's the thing, though. I thought it had more to do with Benjamin Franklin, but come to find out, Germany found out about this during World War I as a way to save electricity, and it worked for them. Great Britain figured out what they were doing, said, hey, that's a great idea. Let's go ahead and do it. So it kind of snowballed from there. But the problem is, you know, people are awake uh, more when the sun is out. So, again, you have street lights, so that's going to kind of take care of that. But there is a defense, though. No, I was going to say that I, I always love it that, especially like the two, three weeks after daylight saving, everybody's complaining and talking about it. But everybody loves when we receive in November. <laughs> well, that's that. You brought up a good point because it's really temporary. People really get angst right around the time you make the change. A week or two after that, everybody's fine. It's just that that transition period where people get upset. And I'm going to explain to you why I said that. During the Richard Nixon administration, 1974, they ended daylight saving time. Nine months later, Congress brought it back. Why? Because the sun would be up while you're sleeping, down when you're awake. Now, for example, in Vermont, you're looking at, uh, what, 820 with the sun being changed, right? Or in New York, the sun's going to rise at 430. So so that's, that's one of the reasons they, they brought it back. Yeah, we have it, but but yeah, every year I've been mean, like what the last five six years hearing the same thing like oh we need to change it we're going to do this, but then in summer to give you an example nobody talk about it June July nobody talk nobody about says it. a word yeah no like like we we don't need to deal with this so huh? well if history repeats itself then you might be looking at another issue of 1974 well, we'll find out yeah exactly like in the meantime I will enjoy my hour less enjoy your hour less. Okay, Jose, let's say you're working um, at a ABC company during said position. They're paying you $100,000. Awesome. Right? Now, and to say, I don't know, maybe you live in New York or something like that, right? And then you pandemic hits, you decide you want to work from home. You're like, hey, I don't have to live in New York anymore. I'm going to move to Fort Wayne, Indiana, right? So you do that, you move to Fort Wayne, Indiana. And your employer says, hmm, Jose's position, it looks like the people are taking that position now moving to Fort Wayne, Indiana. So instead of paying them $100,000, I want to pay them $30,000. How would you feel about that? 
No, in that case, I will feel very bad because I want my the same money and I spend it in a different city. But, you know, talking about that topic, uh, that reminds me when Amazon was looking on the East Coast to look for the new uh, employers, uh, the employees. So they were hitting in New York and New York was giving a very good incentives. And the same with Apple and all the other companies. So that is part, going to the city that they go, the state that they go, is part of the incentive that the company needs to have to give the employees. So if the employees start leaving, that exactly example that you're giving, that, that means that the state will not get the, all the taxes and all the incentives that they're giving to the big companies. So I totally understand why they are uh, decreasing the, the paychecks and the... the payrolls that they give. I totally understand that part coming from the company. And then the employee needs to make a decision. Do I do I want to keep my salary but living in the same place? Or I want to get less and actually go to the place that I want to go? What's interesting about that is I notice that corporations tend to do things when it's convenient for them. I'll give an example. Because their argument has always been, well, we pay for the position. The position pays this. Now, you may come along and say, hey, I can offer all these other great things to this position. And it's, oh, that's great, but it's only going to pay this amount. Pandemic hits, and all of a sudden, they change their tune. And it's like, oh, well, the position doesn't pay that. We're going to look at where you're working. Think about the people who've, who come to their employer and say, oh, my goodness, I've got child care. I've got the mortgage. i got rent. and need you to pay more, more money. It says, no, we don't look at that. We look at the position. Right? Mm -hmm. Think about yeah, it. That's correct. So now, all of a sudden, we want to turn things around and charge differently based on your home circumstances. So how do those two really match up? I mean, that's, that, like I said, that's the game now that you're going to play. And that, But, the, yeah, it's the same thing. The company is going to be convenient for them. That's what the decision that they're going to make. Uh, that remember, like, for example, in San Francisco, what is happening with all that tech companies over there? A lot of people working from home, they want to move out of San Francisco. They don't want to pay that rent. It's expensive. They don't, they don't want to live in that city for or any other reason. And then the company saying, like Google, for example, is saying, okay, so you have less salary because you're going outside of here. So it's, it's a game that you need to play now. Here's what I see. Um, I see people... Um, starting to see differently. They're, they're seeing a different perspective. And they're going, I can make different decisions. For, for or the longest cities and municipalities were choking people with taxes as well. You got your job here. We're going to kill you with these taxes. And you had no choice. Now people have a choice and they can go elsewhere. And the government especially doesn't like it. And they're trying to think of ways where they can put yeah. money back in their own pocket. And, uh, and I saw that there are some cities that actually are forcing, for ex especially banks, for example, they're forcing now that the employees need to go to their banks' um, positions in, in physically, uh, go to the places because they want to start paying more gas. They want, again, going out for food. Yes. Uh, you know, keep moving to, money. To move that, econ to move that economy yeah. along. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially with the banks. I read that. So uh, a lot of financial institutions, they are calling them back because you know that there is a lot of um, uh, headquarters different in, in different cities sure. and states. So they're, especially here in North Carolina, we have Bank of America. Bank of America. So they're trying to force uh, the employment to go back place. Right. And in California, you've got, you mentioned California, Wells Fargo, mm -hmm. 
So yeah, and they're trying to get those economies moving. Again, you want you want those tax dollars rolling. You don't want to lose that money. Yeah. Speaking of um, the economy and putting money in the economy, this next story really saddens me. It, it really does. Um, this has to do with uh, Charlotte in the Epic Center and the foreclosure that recently took place. They were having a hard time for the longest. When the pandemic hit, they started closing uh, different bars and restaurants, and it, it's just totally different than what it was a few years ago. And that was by spot. That was by hangout. It, wait, you guys, where are we going to go in Charlotte? It was a no-brainer. Epic Center, that's where we would be. That's where we would go. Uh, memories of sweets. I'm sure if you go out there right now and look at people's archives on the Facebook, you're going to see me. I prefer you not do that, but you'll see me just having a great time. And what about yourself? Did, was that one of the places you would ever yeah, frequent? Yeah, when I came to this city, into Charlotte, I remember friends telling me this is the Times Square of Charlotte. So you need to go to Epic Center, enjoy over there. I remember the restaurants, the, the movie theater used to be over there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, nightclubs in the night. So you can spend hours over there, even almost every day in the week. But let me tell you, not only the pandemic, competition is hard. Charlotte is growing. True. At that time, if we go back, what, like 10 years ago, maybe seven, eight years ago, only were Epic Center at that time. Now you have South End, you have Noda, you have uh, uh, Valentine, other places that you can actually just go and enjoy over there. So um, competition is hard, too. Yeah, you mentioned Studio Movie Grill. You could go have a movie, and they would bring your food. Uh, another great hangout that we love was um, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s Whiskey River. Whiskey River. Whiskey yeah. River. Even I remember, uh, I'm talking like six, seven years ago, um, when uh, they invite to the Bank of America Stadium, like uh, soccer teams, things like that. Yeah. They were doing events in Whiskey River. Like, hey, go and sign a, a jersey, things like that. So I remember, yeah, it was uh, Epic Center was epic. <laughs> I was hanging out in Whiskey River one night. And I'm talking to this guy, which is, you know, people who know me, I'll just talk to anybody. And this guy looked like Willie Nelson to me. And we're just having a chat. And it turns out later, it was really Willie Nelson that I was talking to. Because he got up later and made some announcements. So that's, you know, that's how it goes. How the Moon was another one that was there uh, that that shut down. And it was $85 million loan that they owed to Dirch Bank. And they defaulted. And it's now over. And let's see what is going to be over there. I remember that they even did rope stops. Like, it, it was a cool place to be. So I don't know what is going to happen now. I was talking to a friend, and maybe they changed that and rent that place for just regular businesses. Well, there was a talk at one time where they were just going to make it offices, but that had more to do with there was a lot of crime in the area, and they wanted to get away from that party scene and make it more of a business district. That was pre-pandemic. Five months later, pandemic hit. And it was a totally different conversation. But you're right, CIAA parties, uh, the Democratic National Convention, NBA All-Star Games, when they came to town, that's where they would go. Yeah, they did on the parties, yeah. Yeah, but like you said, there, there's all the options now with Valentine, but there's no place like the Epicenter. Center. The new people that come, we will never see it. Look at the face, look at the old news feeds, Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I've, I'm wondering this. I, I don't quite get it. I can't wrap my head around it. Maybe you can. You have a lot of these old school artists like uh, Eric Clapton, 
Tina Turner did it, Stevie Nicks did it, and that is they sold their catalogs to these corporations, their their work. Why would you do that? So I have a debate for you, and I, and I wait for this topic when I saw it. Um, so let me tell you something. I saw the other day watching my news, and uh, I see that it was the Rolling Stones, I believe. They're going on tour. I remember the Eagles. I went to see one of their concerts, um, I think, uh, in Greensboro uh, several years ago. So, and, I, and I'm looking into the new music now because it's totally different uh, back in the day that actually concerts are making way more money than selling the records because everybody's going to streaming services. So for, the, for me, it makes more sense to the old school sell their records or sell their music, get all that money, it's because right now the, the most popular way to consume that music is going to be through a concert. And most of them cannot do concerts the way that concerts are right now. Actually, you bring up a good point, because when this uh, first started, the, the pandemic was going on, people could not tour, so they weren't making any money. So this was one way they could gain revenue. Uh, my, um, th- you, you probably heard him on the show, uh, Peyton Stewart, he owns a, a record store. Yep. And uh, we had a conversation here lately about this type of thing, and also about vinyl records and how those are, are, are popular. And a lot of the old school people, he says, are buying those. In this particular case, there's other benefits, apparently, like tax benefits. They wanted to hurry up and do it because apparently the tax rate at the time was 20%. And if they didn't hurry up and do it, they were going to have to pay 37% under the Biden tax plan on that. So they said, we're going to lose money if we don't act now. Well, that's like a dividend stock. <laughs> <laughs> that's the tax racket for that. Yeah, something like that. So, so, that's, so that's the argument there. You know, as... Uh, someone who creates, you know, I like to, you know, I write my own songs, I, I write books, and I just can't imagine just giving those to a corporation or selling those to a corporation. But, you know, like they said, they've they got the reasons. There's probably some good ones financially. It could be financially, it could be to family, it could never need to work again. We, we don't know the specific reason, but sure. it's getting popular and popular. But we, we talked that. Taylor Swift is not doing that. Justin Bieber, uh, no. Jonas, a uh, brother. Uh, so, uh, I mean, Joe, Joe Jonas, that is very popular. You know, they are not doing that. The people that are doing it is the old school. And and like I said, streaming is is changing the way of how to look for a music now. It used to be like people making lines to buy a CD or a record. Now it's only just. Go online. If and the other thing, like like I said, and we talk in one of these shows, YouTube is changing the world to make money, monetize your music as well. You just yeah. do a, a video, and if you have a million uh, views, you make money for that. Google's paid you, and then a sponsor paid you. Yeah, why not? You know, why not take advantage of that? So yeah, and you, and you're going to make the best decision at the time. I now, um, just just to put, to bring this topic and discuss it with you just a little bit, uh, it's a Spotify. Spotify having some issues with the. I, I think you know that they want to be the the word the the face of a podcast. So if you want a podcast to go to Spotify, but they're having some issues with Joe Rogan that uh, you know he creates some uh, Joe Rogan, yeah, uh, yeah, he creates some um, difficult uh, controversy not, controversy that not everybody like it. Now, uh, but on the other hand, 
they play, I don't know if you know, the soccer team that is called Barcelona. It's a very popular soccer team in, in Europe. So the new sponsor of the stadium is going to be Spotify. $300 million. Wow. When I saw that, I am like, so uh, you really want to be the face that everybody mentioned, you, especially in Europe, because here in the U.S., they are the main ones. Apple Apple tried to do something, but Spotify is the main one. But now they want to go for Europe. Th- those type of things made me think exactly what the way that we start this, like uh, used to be in a way in the past, buying records. Now it's a streaming. That's right. Do I stream all the time? And that's why I was asking Peyton about that but that's he sells a lot of old school records and he's doing very well meantime to your point i see neil young getting mad at joe rogan so he leaves spotify joni mitchell follows suit and i'm thinking okay is that really the best decision to make at this time all right i touched upon this on the last show and that, that is what's going on with crypto we got the you know the russia ukraine uh, you know, the situation over there, it's really brought a spotlight and it's raised some big questions on crypto. And one of the, the points that I made is um, people may lean toward crypto because you're looking at something that's not tied to a government. But how do you see it tie into all this? Well, for me, crypto is a different world. That's for me, crypto. Um, crypto is going to be among us for the future. Not only for the near future, it's going to be for a long time. The thing with crypto is you cannot track it the way that people think you can track it. So um, we can talk about the things that have been happening, like uh, all these cybersecurity issues and then uh, just asking for payment crypto because they cannot track the money. I got it. But what this is happening with the with Russia and all the things is like oh so you want to you don't want to use a bank I cannot use a bank uh, in Russia so they say like I use crypto because uh, anybody can use it at any time anywhere so I totally understand that and uh, yeah so now it's going to be more difficult to legalize eco, uh, crypto, crypto the way that people wanted to. You know, and you just made me think of something. Um, we were trying to punish Russia by taking them off the SWIFT currency. But then here comes China. They said, don't worry about it. We've got our own type of SWIFT. So now Russia and China are, can do the exchange, and they really don't need, like, NATO or anything like that. And they're just moving on with the war efforts. Yeah, no, it's, like, it's exactly that. People thought that they could punish uh, Russia, but actually Russia is making their own way. They're, they're creating their own path. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And I don't know why people didn't see it coming, but that's what they're doing. And, and that's the thing with crypto, to be honest. I don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time because it's a very big topic, but actually it's very difficult to control how it works. I know we can use an app, like, oh, I have some crypto here. But even if you go, I don't know, if you navigate in, the web, in some websites, they actually tell you, oh, you can pay me in Bitcoin. Oh, you can pay me in this type of crypto. So it's going, getting popular and popular. But uh, something's going to ha- at some point somewhere it needs to be close to be legalized because it's going to be too much money floating around, and of course taxes will come. Oh yeah, that, we, we talked about it earlier in the conversation. You got to figure out a way to get that money in the government pocket. Speaking of money in, in people's pocket, our final story today: Netflix feels as though they're losing money and it's going 
out of their pocket. So they're making plans to start charging for password sharing, and consumers are not happy. First of all, do you think that Netflix is justified in this sort of a crackdown? I mean, let me start my comment asking you a question. You think they're actually losing money? Oh, absolutely not. But you know how that goes. They're still going to the collar and scream because that's what they do. In 2020, uh, the second quarter of 2020, the pandemic hitting in March, right? So uh, that the second quarter between April to June, they make way more money than they did in the past. So um, do you think they're really losing money? There's no way. Here's and a kick what you said. And not only that, they increase two quarters later, they increase the payment of Netflix. So, And they want to charge $3 for the password share. And they'll say, we'll let you do it, but we're going to charge you a fee to make that happen. Well, now, let me tell you something uh, with that. Um, I know they're just playing fools, like, oh, I don't know that you're doing that. But they, of course, they know. They know. They, they, they know that. It's just like, like, a, like, like you know, you, you can pay now like for four. I think you can have four at one time or two. You know, you can or individual and HD and all that, 4K, all of that. But I remember I, I have a, a, another streaming service that I can only play it one time. So if I have it in my house, for example, and I share that password, the other person cannot see it in their house. So if they, that company is doing that, for sure Netflix know how to do that. They, they know how to do it. Again, it's just a, just a little game that they're playing. Well, consumers are saying that they're justified. They're like, look, I've got a, I've got a child at college that, that needs to watch the show or, or whatever the case may be. Everyone is not in the household. We're all a family. We're not all in the household at the same time. But, again, Netflix's answer to that is, oh, don't worry about it. We'll just charge you a fee to make that happen. And everybody's happy, right? Yeah, but I think uh, they're just doing that. Excuse me. They are doing. They they just doing that just to uh, put more pressure. People don't doing that, but uh, um, if they're going to do it, uh, I think they just um, it, it, it should be done already. So. Will people leave Netflix if they do that, or will they just stay and grumble? They will stay. They'll stay. There's a lot of people that cannot live without Netflix. I can. I'm not a very the biggest fan. But um, but there's people that cannot live without it. And Netflix is counting on that. Oh yeah, for sure. But let me tell you, I, I always see that the, the competition is coming. Disney Plus is coming. Hulu is coming. Um, what is the other? Uh, HBO Max is coming. All of those is, is coming, and Netflix is still beat Netflix. Netflix did what ne no like everybody thought it was crazy at that time. Ten years ago, they started spending money to pay in their own content. Now that's why he's paying off Netflix. Yeah, that's the theme of the show. Always have your own. That goes back to the oil argument. Drill your own oil. That we have to count on other countries to make you successful. That's why the, the price of oil is so high. Same thing with Netflix. They're, they're smart. They figure that out. Yeah. It was risky at that time. But, yeah, I just remember House of Cards. Amazing show. One of the best shows that I have seen. And, uh, yeah, it was an original Netflix. And even it was the first one to be nominated in a, a Emmy uh, and uh, Golden Globes. And nowadays, I remember that for this Oscar, and I know you love movies way more than me, but in this Oscars uh, show that is coming, there is more streaming services movies than the actual going to theaters. Well, you know, AMC's had their share of issues. They were very happy when Batman came out, but they've... 
And uh, before we go, I know uh, we're almost at the end. Um, what about what do you? What are your thoughts about Amazon getting M MGM? You know, they're going to get a big franchise. Uh, Legally Blonde, for example, uh, James Bond's yeah, in that. And I'm a big James Bond fan, uh, although I was not excited with the nobody, last movie. Yeah, nobody liked the end. Yeah, I know. Well, Twitter seemed to be okay with it, but, I, you know, it, well, the, just, just the way they set the movie up, I, I wasn't pleased with it. And if you haven't seen it, I won't spoil it for you. But, uh, but with that being said, uh, what they're saying is, hey, now we could take this to new heights. We could take it to greater directions. But I always get nervous. Anytime where you have uh, one entity that controls one aspect like that, like that movie catalog, it makes me nervous. Well, I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I was exactly like you, like you are when AT&T, but uh, Warner Media. And I thought that this is going to be a disaster. They don't know how to manage a movie theater, uh, movies, all of that. And actually they're doing it pretty okay. There's not the best one right now, especially with DC, all the things that is happening, hmm. but they're okay. But let me tell you, now, for me, the question with Amazon is going to be, what are they going to do? They're going to use all that catalog and all that franchise to put, push more in the streaming services, like in Amazon Prime, or actually focus that money that they have and create a very big content to the big screen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they would be stupid not yet. Let's see. The, move, the, the, the world is moving more to streaming. So. One thing I have to say about Amazon is they do have great vision. Okay, I uh, wasn't excited about, for example, the Whole Foods, but again, there's a, there's a vision, there's a, there's a method to the madness, whether you agree with it or not. Yeah, and they want to deliver same-day delivery. Yeah. 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 So, so those, those all play into it. And they're rising the price of Amazon Prime. Well, yeah, because they're losing money, aren't they? Same just, as just like for Netflix. Right. Jose, thanks for coming in today. I appreciate it. A little programming note. Uh, well, I guess good news and bad news. The good news is I've signed on a, a couple of big major voiceover projects, which is going to kind of take away from the shows. I'll be cutting back on the show a little bit as far as the production goes. I just want to give people the, the heads up on that. Um, not so much the scheduling, but it's just really hard in my voice <laughs> doing all those projects on the show. So just want to put that out there. Breaking Bread is a production of Artists for the People. Follow us on Twitter at Breaking Bread 101. That's break, the letter N as November, Bread 101. Or catch us on Instagram, Breaking Bread Podcast. Check us out on Facebook or visit our website, breakingbread.biz. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Breaking Bread 101. Give us a list on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our theme music was composed by Ludwig van Beethoven. Breaking Bread was created by Terry Page. Success is when opportunity meets preparation. Until next time.